welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Lisa, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crabby Christian. Well, it is so good to be here, Blake. So you are the author of The Dating Manifesto and you host The Boundless Show. To get us started, would you just tell us a little bit about like what you're navigating in ministry? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think a lot of people think, and, and Boundless is a ministry of focus on the family. And a lot of people think, oh, well, focus on the family. That's just like marriage and parenting. And, and it kind of is historically, but my whole argument is we do Boundless because we're preparing a generation of folks, not only for marriage and for parenting, maybe for many of them, that will be their story, but also just to be healthy God understanding and loving adults who want to move into adulthood with confidence, with an understanding of how to apply biblical truth uh, to everyday life. And so that's kind of what we do. And my own story is really, you know, as far as relationships and whatnot, I thought for sure I'd be married. I thought, you know, I would sit in a Starbucks and lock eyes with some dude and, and it would just happen. And it didn't. And so I've trusted God through a season, a long season now of singleness and uh, just what he has for me and just being kind of that person who invests in friendships and in my family and really understanding that, you know, being single isn't about like giving up family. It's about living out family right where I am and seeing what God has for the future. That's really beautiful. I think, (laughs) I mean, as I got married really young and Mm -hmm. There are so many pros and cons to all of it. One of my favorite people on earth is in her forties and has never been married. And we get to have these like really rich conversations of how different our life experiences have been and that neither are right or wrong or like good or bad. They were what God had for each of us. She's seen like the whole world. I've barely left America. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, and that's not every, I know that's not every single person's story, but just that I think that especially for believers, there can be this like belief that's almost instilled in us young. Like you love Jesus, you go to college, you get married, you have babies. Yeah. And I think that that is a, such a cookie cutter that we're like putting God in almost that the formula is going to be the same for all of us. So what has like your experience? And you said you thought that that would be, you know, what the result was for you. What is, what has that been like navigating as a Christian kind of hearing those messages from the church? Yeah, well, I would say it's kind of gone through its ups and downs. So I I would say, you know, my twenties, I kind of grew up in the California public schools. And so like my, the message I got there was girl, you take care of you. Yeah. You know, you go out, you get your education, you start your career, you do what you want to do. And then later on your timetable and kind of your 
plan, you tack on marriage, maybe how you want to do it. Right. And so, and I, you know, I had parents who had a great marriage and I saw a lot of great marriages. So I wasn't like buying that hook, line and sinker. I wasn't like some like raise my hello kitty coffee mug and be like single ladies unite. Right. You know, but, (laughs) but at the same time, I kind of thought, okay, well, you know, this is going to be relatively easy probably. So I'm just going to go and work on my career. And I did, and I moved all over the U S and I had great opportunities. And so in my twenties, I kind of say I had that princess mentality, like no guy was good enough. I was just Mm going to do my own thing and whatever. Well, then I got into my thirties and I kind of panicked and had to make up for lost time. So then I dated, let's just be some honest here, um, some losers. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) I went into the whole online scene, which I don't think is a bad thing at all. I think it's a tool, but at the same time was just kind of like desperate. And so I kind of went through that phase. And then now, you know, I, I hit my forties and I just feel like I've become much more settled in who God has created me to be. And the fact that, you know, you were talking about getting married young and I feel like in the church, there is kind of this message of, you know, let's, let's get all these single people moving into marriage. Cause then they will be complete. Then they will be ready to right. serve. Then they will be, you know, just whole. And so my whole message through boundless, cause we have so many young adults in our audience who are like, Lisa, I'm in my church but it's all like programmed for marriages and families. And what do I do with that? And they're just asking me to like work in the nursery or, you know, take on a wana or something like that. Yeah. And so my thing is, first of all, I love saying, you know, I love um, reminding myself of Hebrews 13, four, which, which says marriage is to be honored by all. And that includes single people. So I'm not here to like bag on marriage and be like, right. singleness is best, but there are different seasons. And for some of us, singleness will be longer. And the fact is singleness, Blake, is not a waiting room for marriage. We have stuff that God has for us to do right now. It's not a plan B. It's not something like God's punishing you for something you did in the past. It is just different. And there are great things in singleness that you're going to trade for in marriage. And there are hard things in singleness, and you're going to trade them for other hard things in marriage. And so I always say, you know, my relationship status is not the biggest thing about me. The biggest thing about me is that I am a child of God who's been created for a unique purpose. And that's what I want to live out wherever, wherever I am, whether single or married. And so it's been different seasons. It's been hard. I mean, I remember like, I mean, this is just a reality. I remember turning 30 and my dad, when I was 30, died of cancer. And I remember thinking like my dad will never be at my wedding. And that was a reality that I had to come to terms with. And the fact that now I would no longer be married in my 20s. My 20s were gone. I was now in my 30s. And so there are losses that I've had to grieve. But fortunately, scripture is very clear about God being willing to be with us in our grief. And in fact, in the Psalms, he says, pour out your complaint to me because he's the one that can handle it. You know, who can't handle it is all the guys that I wish I were dating. And I'm like mad at them for not asking me out. Yeah. But God can handle it. And so walking through him in this season and realizing that he has good things for me has been a huge blessing. Singleness isn't a waiting room for marriage. I just like mm-hmm. wrote that down. <laughs> yeah. Good. Because we treat it that way. The church treats it that way. The world treats it that way. Yeah. But What's crazy is I feel like we're forgetting and I'm not great at references, but we're forgetting the part in scripture where Paul talks about like, it's better to stay single. Yeah. Several times he says that he, (laughs) you know, and like, we just want to pretend like that part doesn't exist. And that in reality, the verses that talk about how, 
you know, great and important marriage are, which it is like, it can be both. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't understand why we can't have both. Why can't we have, there are people who God has like designed to get married really young or to get married early. And there are people that God has designed to like walk through. It's not, why does it have to be like, I always see people talk about it as like that I'm in my like season of waiting or my like season <laughs> of singleness. It just gives this connotation that like where you're at isn't good. Yeah. Like, like what you're going to do is you're going to just kind of stall out here and be single and be kind of lame. Right. And then eventually God's going to get you married and then your life's really going to start and you're going to start serving him and you're going to start growing. And which is why at Boundless, my passion for our audience is look, you have got things to be doing now. You have got why. And it's not that God doesn't reward healthy people with marriage. There are all kinds of dysfunctional people that get married every day. Okay. (laughs) So let's just be honest about that. But we have the opportunity as single people to grow, to understand. I mean, here's a great opportunity for you to deal with the baggage that you've inherited from your own parents and generations before you. You have the opportunity to break cycles now that you won't have to bring into your marriage and into your family. You have the opportunity to serve others One of my favorite things to do, Blake, is I just love oldsters. Okay. So old people are my jam. And I have got, I actually had the privilege of caregiving for my mom. Um, The last few years of her life, she lived with me. I get all like emotional about it. Um, She passed away a couple of years ago, Um, but she had dementia and she came and lived with me. And I'm like, because of where I was in life, I had the privilege of doing that and, and bringing her into my home and walking her home to Jesus and giving her a great last season. And that was a privilege for me that I could do because I was single and I had the time and resources. And I had a dear friend from church come alongside me and help me care for her because I work full time and I'm single. So that was a hard, hard season, but the church and dear friends came alongside me. And now I've got a precious 96 year old neighbor who is my buddy. And I get to take her out and make sure we get her errands done. And I get to have her over and watch our favorite shows. And it's just an opportunity to be the church and be in relationship because God is not saying, Hey, all you single people, you just be super selfish and weird. And then married people, you have to start sacrificing and living out this life. That's godly. We're all called to sacrifice. We're all called to give of ourselves. We're all called to be in that season where we are the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we are. And so I'm telling my audience, you guys, I don't care if you're 23 and you're just trying to pay off your school debt or whatever. God is calling you to a season of service and you do that right where you are, regardless of of where you are right now. Amen. I think it's very important. Like scripture doesn't very often delineate between single and married people. Like the commands are the same, like right. love God, love <laughs> others, serve, like be the hands of being Jesus. It's not like, oh, but this is like only for the married ones or like only the married people can accomplish this. Like if Jesus didn't deal that way. Why have we kind of made it that? So I want to talk about dating a little bit. Yeah. I did not have to date very much. And okay. I feel very <laughs> grateful for that because <laughs> yeah, wow, it's, it's a lot. No, it's crazy, crazy town right now. And yeah. right now, especially, I mean, before, <laughs> when I got, by the time I got married, Tinder was like barely a thing. So, but I mean, my best friends met on Tinder, like they're married and they met on Tinder. So yeah, absolutely no shade to like dating in today's time. But I know one of the things that you talk about a lot is like, quote unquote, type and compatibility and kind of like making a list and finding your person. 
What's kind of your, your take on that conversation? You know, I think there are a lot of young adults out there now that are like, if I could come up with an algorithm for dating, I would, and I would just right. plug in all the right factors and then come out with someone amazing. And the fact is we just can't. And honestly, yeah. as Christians, I wish that we could turn to first and second dating in the Bible and just learn how to do it and do it right. Yeah. But the fact is those books don't exist. We have to use principles instead. I think one of the classic problems that we have, Blake, is we assume that if we just find the right person and marry the right person, then it's going to be smooth sailing. And the fact is, it's not because you are going to marry a world-class sinner and you yourself are a world-class sinner. And that does not change when you get married. Okay, so <laughs> the problem is we, we too often, and, and what it does is it puts us either into a paralysis, so then we can't pick anyone because we're so afraid of not picking the one or our soulmate, or we do the opposite and we just like get into random hookups or we start living with someone or we get into a bad relationship. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this, this is terrible. And then it's like, we have to just bail because we're yeah. like, oh, I must not have picked the one. So I need to go find a different person. And so I kind of like to think of it as there have to be non-negotiables. There have to be things that you're looking for. But I remember when I was in youth group, I had a very precious youth leader who told us they split us up by guys and girls. And this woman came in with us with all the girls. And she was like, okay, ladies, you're going to take out a piece of paper and you're going to write down the 50 things that you want in your future husband. And I'm like, you know, I was on it because I was an overachiever. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Game on. And so I start writing and I'm like, you know, loves Jesus and, you know, has a job. I mean, there were good, <laughs> there were good things on there. That was all good. Yeah. But by the time I got down to like 40 through 50, we were talking like hair color. We were talking music preferences, you know, right. height, all that kind of stuff. But then she's like, pray over this every day and pray that God will deliver, you know, this person to you. And, and I was super into it and I was all about it. And God did not deliver that person. And so what I've realized is rather than coming up with these crazy lists, what we need to do is have a list that has about four to five things on it. And they are these things. Everyone needs to be looking for someone who is literally a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I say disciple because I think a lot of people throw out Christian, you know, here and there, like, well, yeah, I'm Christian. I was born in Texas, you know, whatever. Right. And, or I retweet Francis Chan or, you know, but that is not, no, <laughs> yeah, it's not the indicators. This is a person whose life is shaped by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yes. the Bible is their authority. They are walking in the spirit. They are growing. We see through scripture that the evidence of a believer are you see fruit in this person's life. You see a spirit of repentance in their life. They're just hallmarks of what that looks like. And so is a disciple is number one. Second, this is a person who is in a position to marry. And so, you know, again, I'm a big fan of dating with a purpose. Like you've got an end goal here. So yes. it's not like, hi, we're going to do pizza for nine years indefinitely <laughs> and maybe something will happen. This is what drives, especially us women, bonkers because the ambiguity, we, we can't stand it. And so is this person in a position to marry? Meaning, uh, do they have a job? Are they an adult? Have they owned their own stuff? Can they make responsible decisions? Are they someone who is willing to say, I am sorry, I was wrong. I mean, they actually act in a mature manner, yes. okay? Because you want to marry an adult 
not a kid. Okay. And you yourself need to be that person. So marry a grown up, look for a grown up, be a grown up. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of the second thing. Then I alluded in the spiritual aspect about the whole repentance. You want to find someone who's humble and teachable. If you can find someone who is both humble and teachable, almost every character quality that you want is going to be wrapped up in that. Yeah. Because that means that they're willing to take instruction. They're willing to be accountable to others. They're the person that's going to be like, do we need to get some marriage counseling? Okay, I'm in. We need to hit that right now. Yeah. I mean, that is just yeah. it's a posture of learning and of humility that models Jesus Christ. And that's what you need to look for, that person who's willing to grow with you in a relationship. And then finally, is this person kind of headed in the same direction you are? So it doesn't mean that you're going to be like Chip and Joanna Gaines and you're going to have a TV show and you're going to, you know, people look for these like celebrity outlier awesomeness couples. Right. But it just means that like you kind of are, are moving in the same direction. You have similar callings or it's someone whose calling you can join and be passionate about it. So like, for example, at Boundless, I had a, an email from a girl who's like, well, I want to get engaged to this guy, but he wants to start an accounting firm here in Iowa but I really feel called to Uganda to start an orphanage. And I'm like, okay, girl, both of those callings are awesome, but someone's calling has to change or y'all are going to be on different continents. So, right. <laughs> so right. it's kind of like conversations have to happen about where are you headed? What does this look like? And find a realistic way to make that work. And so I think if you have those things in place, you can date someone, you can be confident getting to know them. You can be confident moving into a relationship with them and seeing what God does with it, because those are the building blocks of making a marriage that will go the distance. The best piece of advice I got in dating. And again, I got married when I was 22, but was run your race. And if at some point you look side to side and there is someone running alongside you, yeah, then like maybe that's an opportunity. Yeah. But like, so, you know, we were kind of talking earlier, so many, I think, especially women are like the, their race is marriage. Like their whole, <laughs> you know, like we would joke going to college that they were, they were there for their MRS. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> that, that is the goal where like, I have a dear, dear friend that she is a wife and she's a stay-at-home mother and she homeschools and like, that is her mission field. And it's beautiful and it's incredible, but like there are other things that she's good at, yeah. right? There are other giftings that she has. And so my biggest thing, watching people date and marry, especially in the Christian world is if you make that everything, 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 you're going to have a hard time extrapolating your identity from that yeah. when you get married. Absolutely. And I struggled with that a little bit. Like I wanted to get married. And so I got married and it was great. And I'm thankful. And I know that that's like what I don't regret. It. I know that's what God had for me, but getting married so young, fresh out of college and very much having my eyes set on that. We spent the first few years of our marriage, me kind of being like, okay, wait, my whole ident identity can't be being Jeremy's wife. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you have that, that mindset that you were talking about of like, I'm looking for these things in someone and also cultivating them in myself, yeah. then you're kind of, you're two individuals who come together versus like your identity is getting all woven up in one another. And your point is so good because again, that whole analogy of like running the race and looking to either side of you, you want to find someone who's kind of 
on the side of you, not someone that you have to like drag behind you. Right. And I find too many women are like signing up for these projects of guys that they think they're going to make more spiritual. They're going to turn them into like John Piper or whatever. And they're like, and I'm like, girl, you know, you need to find a guy who's got his own thing going on with the Lord and is about that. And even the identity piece, like you said, I actually had a girl tell me one time, Blake, she said, Lisa, I just want to get married because then got some guy will be forced to love me. And I mean, that is a terrifying prospect that so many women think that, you know, okay, well, it doesn't matter. I can have all these surfacey relationships right now, or I can just hang out on Instagram because when I get married, someone will love me and they're going to stay with me and they're going to, and the only guarantee we have in this life is Jesus. You, you have no guarantee that a man is going to stay with you. You have no guarantee that you're going to be able to have children. You have no guarantee. We're all trusting God with something. And many of us, multiple things at once. And all we know is that God has put pleasant pathways before us. He is shaping our story, but we cannot craft that on our own or tell him what that's going to look like. I mean, I definitely dated a few where I was like pulling them from behind. And it's like, I think there's some innate woman thing where we think we really do. We really do think we can fix them. Like we really, I'm not faking it. I really do believe that I have the like more power than God does to fix this situation. (laughs) And I have a few friends that married them and marriage isn't a magical pill either. Like it didn't, magically make them the spiritual leaders of their home or, you know, their, their relationship or their children. And God is a God of miracles. And I've watched him do them in multiple marriages, but I would rather see people start out at minimum on an even playing field. Yeah. Right. Like, I think like men learn how to lead, right? Like I, I think it's unfair personally to get married and expect your new husband to like hundred percent know how to be the spiritual head and leader of your family. You figure that out together. But if that stuff's not in there, you're not going to put it in there. Yeah. Well, and I often get this from women when we talk about settling, because women will say, you know, they've heard, they've read all the memes and all these women empowerment things where it's like, you know, girl, you're a princess. Don't you settle? Mm -hmm. Don't you settle? And the fact is all of us are going to settle. Okay. You're never... You are going to settle on something. Okay. And that is okay because we're all imperfect people, but no one has to sign up for a mess. Okay. And so don't sign up for a mess. You trust God with your future. This is the same conversation I have when I talk about sexuality. Like so many women are like, Lisa, I can't, you know, I can't make it out of my twenties, not having had sex. And if I'm not married, then what? I just need to take matters into my own hands. And it's like, We have to trust that God's story for us, we will not understand it, but we have to trust that his ways are best. And that is okay because we have too much in our culture taken on our sexuality as the biggest thing about us. Like why in the world do we have these stories that we just think that this is how we define ourselves, whether it's sexual activity or whether it's our sexual identity or whatever. It's like God defines that. God tells us who we are and what this is. And, and we know, you know, marriage is a picture of God's covenant with us. It's an imperfect picture. And that picture is going to be changed when we see him face to face. And I love saying that to single people, because I always say, remember, there's no marriage in heaven. So the playing field's going to be leveled y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is not like, 
you know, this, this is, it's okay because we're just walking out what God has for us here and we can be content with that. Yeah. I, I struggle with the whole, you won't be made of heaven. I'm like, are you sure God? Cause I really like him or do we, does that no. part have to be legit? You'll still like him. You'll still like yeah, him. It's okay. exactly. Yeah. It just won't, will be, I think we'll be so in awe of the glory of heaven that that won't be a priority. I think that you're having a lot of the conversations that even as someone who got married young and didn't have a ton of time dating, I wish I would have been hearing. Mm -hmm. And so your podcast is boundless, correct? Yep. The boundless show, the boundless show everywhere that podcasts are. So, and then the dating manifesto that's out, right? That's out in the world. Correct. Yep. Uh, Tell people where they can find and connect with you otherwise online. Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously for, for boundless, and we just love to be a community for single young adults who, again, may feel like, uh, I'm one of like five single people in my church. Like who can I talk to? So that's just at boundless.org and there they can find, we have articles, we have a group blog, we have all of our social channels. We have the show there as well as on Apple podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. And then me personally, they can find me on Facebook. I'm just at Lisa C. Anderson or Instagram. I think I had to mix it up. It's Anderson Lisa C. It's okay, like perfect. the curse of having a boring name, a common name. <laughs> um, but there, and, and then the Dating Manifesto is available where, where all books are sold. And I always tell young women and, and men, it's written to both, that it's really everything I wish I would have been told, Blake, in my 20s about dating honoring marriage as a single person and then rocking out singleness in the meantime. So the latter half of the book really is my arm around your shoulder of just like, look, here are some awesome things about being single. Here are some challenges about being single. Here's how we have to trust the sovereignty of God wherever we are and what that looks like. And so it's kind of both a kick in the pants and an arm around the shoulder for those who are walking through this season. It's a lot of fun. That's what we all need. Every day I need a cake in the pants and then an arm around my shoulder. I love that. And for all you married types, it's a great book to understand your single friends and how to encourage them best where they are, because, you know, it can be a hard road to walk. And and I don't like it when we separate ourselves into camps like, oh, here are the married people and here are the single people. We all need to learn from each other. So it's a great opportunity to do that. Amen. I mean, that's why I love even as a married person with a largely married mother listener base. I love having these conversations because you should have friends that are single. Like you should have friends that are (laughs) in different life stages and seasons and walks of life than you. So this is packed full of like wisdom for everybody. And I, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much. I want to affirm like your listeners and you, because again, it's like exactly what you said before, Blake, your momhood is not the biggest thing about you. Just again, like my singleness is. So yeah. you have so much more to you. Like get together with your single girlfriends and talk about your hopes and your dreams and what you love and how you can love others better and be in relationship. You don't just have to talk about sippy cups and you know <laughs> yes. play dates and all that. You know, I think you, that could be a drag too, just like single that we all- 100%. We all think that it's greener on the other side, but we're all just walking out different seasons. It's all good. Very true. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.